What is going on, beautiful people? It is your boy Jesse, aka Jesse Prada, and you are listening to the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope this episode blesses you. Without further ado, let's get into it, y'all. Okay, what is going on, everyone? We are here on the Christ Convo podcast. Um, we are going to discuss the role and the office of a prophet. I have two very, very powerful prophetic voices in the earth. I have Prophet Ricky Holloway and Prophet Kayvon Brooks. Um, these are two powerful men of God. I will allow them each to introduce themselves. I was going to wait for Kayvon to go first, but <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? Uh, as Jesse said, my name is Ricky Holloway, and um, I'm just excited and I'm honored to be a part of this conversation uh, for the Christ Convo podcast. <clears throat> Amen. I was going to be humble, so I wasn't going to go humble. <laughs> I wasn't going to go first. I was going to let you go. I am Prophet Kayvon Brooks, and I am um, glad to be a part of uh, this podcast today. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate you both. Um, and I'm going to just jump right into it. So, um, of course, all three of us, we know the answer to this, but I would like you guys to go in depth um, and anything that you could pull biblically to um, defend your case, uh, please do so. But do prophets still exist? There is a notion that prophets no longer exist um, and they are no longer alive. And all of the prophets are in the Old Testament um, and New Testament and they've all died off. Um, what do you prophets of the Lord say to that <laughs> I'll go ahead I'll take a stab at it um, to answer the question yes prophets are still here um, while there, I have encountered many conversations with individuals um, who are even some that are Pentecostal those that believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost um, that also believe that the prophets are no longer needed and most individuals case or scripture reference that they utilize is from first corinthians 13 uh that talks about how when the full consummation of things has come then there will be no more need for you know tongues and 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 prophecy and all of that um while I, I'm not going to necessarily go on an exegetical uh, bunny trail with that, but what I will say is that, yes, that prophets are still needed. Um, the scripture says in Ephesians 2 and 20, it says that the foundation of the church is built upon the apostles and the prophets. Uh, we see that both the apostles and the prophets are both the scripture, are both the scripture offering mantles. Uh, that is what has given us as the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so we see throughout the New Testament, even after the ascension of Jesus Christ, where we see apostles and we see both prophets and the church and government and and a leadership uh, helping to groom and to mature, according to Ephesians 4 and 11, to mature us until we all become into the knowledge of Christ. So, yes, prophets are still needed. That's good. Prophet Kayvon? Yeah, I'll just um, add on to that. Um, you know, obviously the Bible says that he set prophets in the church, and so as long as there is a church, as long as the bride of Christ is in the earth and is functioning in the earth, 
there will always be a prophet to help establish it, to help govern it, and to help um, founding. You know, the Bible says that uh, the church was built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of people, um, and this might be a little out there, but I'll be out there for the rest of the interview as well. <laughs> a lot of people, um, they, they take that scripture out of context and they just say, well, that's just for the early church. But I would submit that um, in each era or each each epoch, each time frame, each dispensation of time that the church is functioning in, it's not necessarily reintroduced or refounded. Um, but every time that time, quote unquote, resets itself or a new age um, or era begins, um, you, you start to see apostles and prophets rise up again because their purpose is to establish the church on the new foundation that's being laid in the earth or the new thing that's being done in the earth. Mm -hmm. And so um, their job is not necessarily to be repetitive in terms of founding the old system or founding, um, you know, the old wineskin. But for every new wineskin um, that is introduced into the earth or that is introduced into time, you will see a prophet and you will see an apostle rise up to establish the church in that new time and to establish the church and to found the church um, in that new wineskin. And so that would be the first part of my answer as to why um, they are still relevant or are still needed. Um, but number two, um, one of the things, um, practically speaking, one of the things that prophets are is prophets are problem solvers in the earth. And so mm. anytime that a problem arises or anytime that a problem exists, and hopefully we're all mature enough to know that as long as the earth is around, that there will be trouble and that there will be problems. And so anytime that a problem arises or a problem exists, prophets are the instrument or are the vessel that God uses to introduce his thoughts and to introduce his mind, to introduce what heaven is saying as the solution to what's going on um, for the problem. And so um, just in those two short answers, um, I would say that absolutely prophets are still needed. Prophets will... Will, will are always needed, and prophets will uh, prophets will be around until the until the until the time that Jesus comes back. That's really good. Um, could you both um, and you know you could take turns or whatever, but could you both kind of go into uh, go into depth about, I guess, this idea that mainly only prophets should be known for giving prophetic words and their accuracy in that, and that truly shows whether if they are a prophet or, or not. Um, and I'm pretty sure we all know that that's completely false, but could y'all just go into that? Sure. Um, that is a most miscommon notion, as you have said, that is seen um, for those that lack prophetic education, mm -hmm. for those that lack teaching and doctrine and strong theological foundations that undergird uh, the prophet's responsibilities, the prophet's ministry, what is their purpose beyond prophecy. And I was a part of a, um, of a prophetic roundtable about a week or so ago with some apostles and prophets, and that was one of the things that was asked, what is it that among young, emerging, upcoming prophets, what is it that you feel like is needed? And one of the things that I said was prophetic education. Mm. Because while we do prophesy, while that is a part of what we do, it's not the fullness or the sum and bonum or the sum total of all that we do. Prophecy will always be a part 
Mari, which means to watch or to guard. The book of Hosea says that by a prophet was Israel uh, uh, preserved, and while, also by a prophet were they brought out of captivity. So that shows there's an aspect of going in and to retrieving or an aspect of warfare or ministry to, to keep or to guard or to dress or to help mm. mature. Um, there's also an aspect of judge of judging. Um, that does not mean necessarily the calling down of fire and brimstone, but it means to assess or it means to measure. Or mm. uh, Many times in the Bible, throughout the, the, the book of the prophets, we see where it talks about the plumb line of God that is used to measure or to align with until a place of stature that, that proves or that aligns with the, the thoughts or the deeds or the, the aspects of God. And so there is also the aspect of training or development. Um, it doesn't mean that all prophets necessarily will train into a degree, meaning of being in a point of leadership over a company of prophets or over uh, individuals who are prophetic believers that have the ability to prophesy. But there's an aspect of maturing or an aspect of, of, of training or developing or growing um, individuals. We have, we also see where there are different types of prophets. Um we can go into those that are nobbies, which means to bubble up, uh, that means to come through inspiration. We see there are roes or there are chosage, which these are types of seers, um, those that do with the aspects of the counsel of God. I mean, there's a point of, of consultation or counsel that comes there many times where we see in the book of First Samuel where it is that uh, Saul was looking for the seer's house. He was going to look to, to gain answers, to gain information. So there was points of consultation that came that prophets do, those that see, um, but not just to seeing for the point of seeing, but those that see into the future to help not just tell us how to get there, but also what to do when we are there. Um, there are different aspects that come through individuals who are uh, prophets that preach. Um, not all prophets do preach, but it's called natav, which means to, to drip or to distill or to pour. Uh, the Bible says that when the heavens drop, uh, uh, at, at, the, at the glory of God, which shows a, a form of, of decoration that comes. And so there are different aspects that prophets do, but I'll just say that just for my, for my uh, part of this question. I, um, I agree with that. Um, I would also say, you know, one of the things that um, the Lord really began dealing with me about, telling me about um, towards the end of last year, and this goes specifically um, with prophets and just functioning out of their giftedness um, is that one of the things that we have to understand is that prophets are called to be supernatural um, agents or officers um, not just in the earth but um, of heaven mm. and so while a lot of people they get um, or a lot of emerging ones um, they get um, caught up in you know their gift or demonstrating their gift or showing off their gift and not just their gift to prophesy but whether it be you know the word of knowledge whether it be the working of miracles whether it be deliverance whether it be preaching whatever it is mm -hmm. um you know that that really becomes their their focus um but one of the things that prophets were always called to is that prophets were called to carry and to um bear um dimensions of heaven and um dimensions of the supernatural and so i think that um what we have and i think i don't think it's anything new i think that it's something that um happens in every generation of prophets and that every generation has to learn or come into the knowledge um, of um, is that there is a place in God, there is a place in the prophetic, there is a place in your ministry that all 
um, officers or agents per se are called, are called to existence, and it's a sphere outside of the um, out of the realm or outside of the sphere of gifting. Um, but where it's real, it's really where you begin to function in um, dimensions, and so um, it's likened unto really it's kind of like an unto um, you know the the aspect of power and authority where your gift you know you you, you might have power in your gift your your gift might be anointed your gift might be accurate but you've really not matured until you're able to steward it um, with with authority you're really not matured you really not step into the fullness of your office or of your mandate until you're able to exist and function in the dimension that god has appointed for you to exist in mm. this is one of the things this is where we find actually um even with the apostle peter you know we know that he had a powerful healing gift we know that he had a powerful um you know ability for the working of miracles but the bible talks about how when peter was walking through the street that is um shadow simply his shadow would heal the sick and while a lot of people would argue that that was um that that, that was a, a gift or you know the, the gift of the working of miracles i would really submit that that was an apostolic dimension that peter um was walking in and so it's not something that just you know produces supernatural in terms of your gifting or supernatural in terms of i can turn it on and turn it off but it's a state of being it's a state of existence that you don't come out of one of the things that i can always tell um whether we're dealing with mature prophets or whether we're dealing with budding prophets is um you know budding prophets or emerging ones they're typically going to be ones that they have to they, they have to try to prophesy they they have to turn on their gift um, you know, when they walk into a room, you know, they start they start squinting because they're looking to see something. They're looking to go up into the realm of the spirit. However, uh, you know, most mature prophets will tell you that they see and that they hear when they don't want to. They see and they hear when they're not trying to. Mm. And so um, even even in my own process or even in my own journey, um, you know, that was one of the things that I had to learn was, you know, sure, I can turn on my gift whenever. But um, as you mature, you, 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 you begin to see when you don't want to, you begin to see when it's uncomfortable, you begin to see when you're not attempting to, um, it, it really is likened unto, you know, Jesus says that any man who comes, um, if he comes another way, he's both a thief and a robber, he must come to the door. And so, um, really it's likened unto that. You don't knock on doors that you, that you, if you have a house, you don't knock on the door to get in. And so a lot of prophets, they fall mm. into the trap of, you know, I, I, I need to tap in or I need to press in to get my gift to work. If you're, when, when, when you're really mature and when you really exist in a dimension, you don't have to turn anything on. It exists within you. And so you, you live in that state at all times. And so that's what, um, that's, that's what I would say to answer that question. That's good. So now we have, like I said, another notion where people who may have a lot of dreams or a lot of visions or they may flow in the word of knowledge they may flow in prophecy very heavily and so they think that they are prophets and that's really what we have now a lot of people who in society now who call themselves prophets just have strong giftings but i guess what is the difference between um an extremely prophetic person and an actual prophet that you brought up because usually depending upon the context that you are in or that you're from especially if you are in a prophetic house or an apostolic house where there is uh you know many gifts individuals who are gifted um those where you are being trained in the gifts of the spirit or you're in atmospheres where the glory of god 
out of the presence of God is is a common thing, or that is that that is experienced because of being a place where uh, not only as an embassy or as a uh, a place where ambassadors you know gather, um, but because individuals think because of what they experience that means they are what they what they experience. Um, it can be very deceptive because you could be just a person that that be that's in an environment where the spirit of prophecy is very heavily and very present. That because of what is in the environment that you're in, that you are uh, made sensitive to a thing. But also, let me say this as well: just because you hear something and just because you see something doesn't mean that it's from God. Mm. Because there's the, there's the ability. That's why there are psychics or soul or suke, which means soul readers, the one who 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 sees within the realm of the soul. That's why individuals can easily uh, say that I see this and I and I hear this. And you could be more so just tapping into the areas because of by virtue of what you are uh, and who and what you are engaging with in the moment and in the setting um, that calls you well because I had a vision or because I had a dream. And you don't realize that this, that dreams don't just come from God. Dreams can come from three main areas. It can come from God. It can come from your soul. It can come from the devil. Um, and, and many times individuals feel like because, oh, I had a dream, it must mean that it's from God. No, it could be that you just had a dream based upon what you were watching on TV the night before or what you were listening to or what is it that your soul craves or what your soul desires or the fears that are there that are embedded in the in the mind the will and the emotions that now while you are asleep it now creates events and happenings um during during the night you know the scripture says in the book of job i believe it's job 35 where it talks about how it is that uh that when we are and i'm gonna paraphrase it when we are uh you know uh, moving around a lot, and we're un- and we're not really paying attention to God. The scripture says that during at, during a, a, a vision in the night, that the Lord will begin to give us warnings and instructions. Uh, the Book of Psalms also says that that it was a prayer for the Lord to instruct our reins or the inwardmost parts. Most people say it's the liver, but most more so the inwardmost parts um, during the night season. So there are times where yes, there are dreams that come from God that can be for instructions or to reveal the future. Or there are dreamers of dreams, but then again, your ability to have dreams or to or to ha- or to see visions doesn't mean that you are uh, a prophet. It just you could be. You know, I mean, the t- scripture says in Job two chapter two, it says that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. So there's the aspect of that that comes from just being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, but. When when a person is a prophet, when you are a born prophet, because you don't just become one, uh, you are born one. Um, and and most individuals even try to fight that notion. But every prophet is born with the prophet spirit, which means it's, it's the technology uh, that gives them proclivities, sensitivities, supernatural enablements, endowments, and revelation to the unseen uh, world and things that are going on in the immaterial world. And so this is why a person can be a born prophet, but when they're not, when they're gifted or their giftings are not steward or, or or trained or developed in the way of, of the holiness of God and in the way of the Lord, then that's where you end up having individuals that devil into witchcraft or to divination because there is a, a thin line between the, 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 the seen realm and the unseen realm for us. And so because a person can become sensitive 
sensitive or become aware to things. And just because you sense and feel doesn't mean that, you know, it's from God. So it's that aspect of learning that beyond your ability just to feel and to sense that what are there, was there actually even encounters or supernatural events that took place uh, that speak to, uh, you know, you as a person being a prophet. The book of Numbers talks about how it is that, uh, that by a vision or with a dream that will I reveal myself and make myself known to them. It's not just saying that just because you have a dream or you have a vision, that means that you are a prophet, but it's a way that God introduces that person into their prophetic call, into their prophetic ministry that makes it known that that God has revealed this to them in a, in a very supernatural way to where they don't necessarily try to fight it or try to, uh, you know, just, just, you know, think of something that just happened just out of the blue or what not but there's there's the prophet spirit and when that person is born again they're now prone into the way to prophesy uh for the words of the lord of jesus you mind um repeating the question again to be honest i, I forgot how you worded it oh uh, yeah i was just asking what is the difference between an extremely prophetic person versus an actual prophet okay so um Actually, to start my answer on this one, I would actually go back to what I was saying um, on the tail end of my last answer. In terms of a prophet, um, one who's actually called to be, you know, in the office or in the gift of the prophet, um, is that they exist in a state without trying to exist in it. They exist um, in seeing, they exist in hearing, they exist in being sensitive without having to press in or without having to tap in as to where an extremely prophetic person they can still see and they can still hear, absolutely. They can still get um, accurate information, but most of the time they're going to try. You know, um, one of the things um, that most people, and I think it's, it's like Prophetic 101, that most people are told when they start to hear about the prophetic is that most prophets will prophesy. They say most prophets are, you know, they find out they're prophetic on accident. They, they prophesy things accidentally, or they say things and they just start coming to pass. Um, and so... I used to think that that was just stupid and that was shallow, but uh, to be honest, I, I find it to be actually extremely true. Um, you know, most prophets, you know, when they're when they're engaging with you, um, just in simple conversation, they'll end up seeing something. You know, when 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 they're engaging with you, not trying to be prophetic, not trying to prophesy or anything, they'll start. You know, they'll start hearing things in their spirit. They'll start um, picking up on things, and so um, you know, one of the things that really differentiates. Um, and Ricky was talking about it, how, you know, we're supposed to be supernatural agents or um, our, our home is really the invisible world, um, is that one of the things, whether they're sanctified or not, um, is that prophets, um, they're not going to necessarily be too carnal. And so what I mean by that is <laughs> the literal definition of carnal, not in terms of, you know, holiness um, or, um, or, or wickedness. When I say carnal, I mean they're not going to be too too much of the earth. Even if they're going to be in sin, it's usually going to be high levels of sin. It's usually going to be high levels of witchcraft. It's going to usually be high levels of iniquity. Everything that they experience is going to be heightened because their senses or, or their spirit or who they are exists in a different plane and exists um, you know, in, 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 in a plane. I'm, and I'm trying not to be too mystical for the sake of... <laughs> of um, of um, Clubhouse, but, you know, I talk how I talk. Um, but, you know, they're not going to be too, quote-unquote, terrestrial or, or quote-unquote, earthly. And so their life is really going to be a supernatural, um, a supernatural thing. You know, one of the things 
that people have to understand when it comes to prophets, and I tell young prophets this all the time, is that to, to, to be a prophet or to be called into that office, uh, especially when you say yes, is you are giving God permission to interrupt your world, and you're giving God permission to interrupt your schedule. You're giving the supernatural permission to invade your space. And so even in my earlier years, um, you know, when I was when I was coming into this, and not necessarily even to, not even from a ministry standpoint, but um, just from being, you know, a budding prophet, uh, one of the things is, you know, I, it, it would be hard, not necessarily in terms of establishing relationship, but it would be hard to be in certain places because, you know, I'd, I'd be somewhere, I'd be minding my business or, you know, doing whatever I'm doing, and all of a sudden hands start reaching out of the wall and, and pulling you into visions or, you know, some, something comes and grabs you up and grabs you out of your body and puts you back in. And while I understand that it might not necessarily be that dramatic, um, you know, for other people or other prophets, my, my point is still the same, is that when you're a prophet, a bona fide prophet of God, your, your, your life or your livelihood or your existence, um, you give permission to the supernatural and you give permission to the unseen world to constantly interrupt. And so um, going back even to what Ricky said, it's important to have your senses trained and it's important to have uh, your, your discernment sharpened um, so that when you are encountering, you know, supernatural agents or when you are encountering things in the spirit you need to make sure that they're from god you know that they're not you know that your your senses aren't being hijacked but um yeah to answer my question that or to answer your question that would be my answer is that prophets um they, they exist in a different plane they exist in a different place than versus somebody who's just you know highly prophetic or highly anointed or highly gifted got it so when it comes to you both ministering in public places um you do give the word of the Lord to people. Um, what would you say with your experiences or even examples that you've seen with other people who minister the word of the Lord? Um, what are your prophetic don'ts or boundaries that you just will not cross regardless of what you see or what you know? What is just something that you personally or whatever you advise other young prophets or your friends or whatever what is it something that you just will not do when it comes to the prophetic go ahead Kayvon. i was going to say um to be honest i really don't have any i mean i give guidelines to younger prophets mm -hmm. um but i think as you mature um i don't want to necessarily say that rules go away but you know as you mature uh, it's kind of like training wheels, you know, when, when, when you're younger, you have the training wheels to keep you safe, to keep you guarded, to keep other people around you safe. Um, but, you know, as you mature, you, 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 the, the boundaries or the restrictions really start to open. Mm -hmm. And that's not just in prophesying, but that's even in the information that the Lord gives you. And so as mm -hmm. you mature, you get wisdom based on, you know, the changing situations. But, um, yeah, so I, I really don't, have any there's not obviously there's certain things that i won't do if somebody's in sin i'm not going to call them out openly or you know if i sometimes i'll be seeing some crazy stuff um you know i, I, I you know I'll, I'll leave people alone for the most part or if, if i do address it if the lord tells me to address it i'll do it privately but um you know to be honest that i i really don't have as, as far as for mature prophets um, I really don't think that there are too many restrictions as to what not to prophesy. And I understand that people are going to disagree with me. That's fine. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, 
of marriages. Um, definitely don't try to automatically call people into their callings. You know, it's one thing to acknowledge that you have a prophetic grace, you have apostolic grace, evangelistic grace, pastoral teaching, etc. But many times, many individuals that are not around uh, uh, either sound teaching or around uh, holy leadership uh, or around places where they can actually be trained and be monitored and watched, um, you don't you don't want to go into the aspect where you say. Oh, you are uh, you are an apostle, and automatically like that, and that person is immature. Um, you know, they may start going back saying, "Going to my pastor, that hey, such and such said I'm an apostle." You know, and yeah. da 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 da. And many times, many individuals can try to move into a place before a season. Yes, you can mm-hmm. be born. Yes, when you when you are a fivefold gifting, you are born that in the earth. When you come into the earth, you are born as that. But while you are that, doesn't mean that the appointed season has come for you to move into the fullness of who you are and who God has called you and made you and given you the grace to be. And so with that, it's important that uh, you don't try to just prophesy stuff and just say stuff um, without any form of uh, uh, discretion or any form of uh, precautions and not realizing what you could be stepping into or prophesying beyond uh, your your area of jurisdiction. Many times, many prophets mm. will try to move beyond their metron and beyond their rim and their sphere of influence that the Lord has graced them and given them to and tried to step into places um, that you should not be. You should not be if you are not equipped to handle uh, or emotionally equipped, mentally equipped uh, to handle the pressures that come with trying to prophesy national events. Let me say this also. Every person, let me deal with the whole prophet to the nation aspect as well. <laughs> you are not a prophet to the nation if there are not officials of that nation that are hearing to what you have to say. My God. You can be a prophet in a nation. You can even travel to a nation, but it doesn't mean that you are a prophet to that nation unless there are king, unless there are governing officials that, that are listening and are heeding to your counsel for what you have to say as the word of the Lord. So you can just be a prophet that is within the nation in that local church, in that local assembly, and that is fine. It doesn't make you less of a prophet or doesn't make you less of important because you don't have that grace or you have not been given that aspect with your prophetic calling to to speak or to give counsel unto uh, you know governing officials in, in high places um, and so with that you know you should never try to prophesy beyond your jurisdiction I'm trying to give national prophetic words to, to, to things and yes you then you also respond or you also beckon the response from the unseen world and from demonic entities that now are are aware and are sensitive and are uh, uh, cognizant of what is your positioning, which is why devils are not dumb. Mm. They are aware. They are sensitive. They know. They can discern, and they are and they are able to uh, uh, to be on alert to know what is your jurisdiction in the spirit. Which is why Paul, I know Jesus, and I know. But who are you? Yeah. So that, that's what I would say for that aspect for that question. Yeah, that's good. Know, so, um, oh yeah, go ahead. Just add to my official answer. Um, you know, I, I still stand by what I said that there's not really boundaries that I have concerning 
what not to prophesy. I think absolutely, you know, if you're younger, you probably shouldn't be prophesying marriages or dates. But as you get older and as you start to see more and as, as your accuracy starts to be proven, you know, I, I still agree that restrictions should, um, that they lessen. But um, one of the things that I will absolutely say is that there are types of people that you should not be giving the word of the Lord to. Mm. And so those extend to if you're in like heavy emotional relationships or heavy emotional ties um, with people, um, it's going to be a little risky giving the word of the Lord. You're not really going to be, you know, you're, you're, you are more prone to prophesy according to your emotions. If you are in, and I've, I've seen this happen several times before, if you are in sexual sin with somebody, you should not be trying to prophesy to them and give them the word of the Lord. Mm. If you are engaging in, 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 you know, in wickedness, with people, even beyond just, you know, sexuality, if you are engaging um, you know, in, in bitterness with somebody, you should not be trying to give them the word of the Lord. Your, your soul it's easy for your soul to conjure up things and it's easy for your soul to be seduced and so it um you know it really taints the flow or it taints the river of the voice of god um and it becomes even if it is accurate it becomes impure because it wasn't really authored by the spirit of god it was authored you know as a prophet you can still pick up things from you know from the from the realm of the spirit but if your soul is unclean or if it is conjectured then um you know, even if you prophesy accurately, the word has become impure and the word has become defiled um, because it came from an unclean place. That's really good. Okay, so my next question um, to I'll I'll ask this to Ricky because since he said it, and then like the next question, we'll start off with Kayvon and then go to Ricky. Um, Ricky, could you just briefly explain how somebody um, who is called to be a prophet can find their metron? Sure. Um, with that, uh, first, I'll, I'll give the scripture reference. Uh, the Apostle Paul used this, and we can, even though he said this in an apostolic context, we can still utilize this by way of principle. Uh, Paul said, I don't measure myself to myself. I don't compare myself to other individuals, or that I don't try to move beyond my spirit, move beyond uh, the area that God has graced me. Uh, to reach who I'm supposed to reach and to communicate who I'm supposed to communicate communicate to, be it that uh, prophets and apostles are ambassadorial uh, uh, figures and they engage in ambassadorial uh, communications. And so, with that, there are, there is a lot of spaces or a lot of places where certain individuals are able to move into uh, by way of being trusted. Um, there are there are let me say this as well. There are ranks in the spirit. Now, some people, some people try to argue with that and say, well, you know, we're all sons and daughters of God. We're all loved by God. <laughs> that is very true. And that is very true. We are all loved by God. And we are equally loved by God because we are all sons and daughters of God. Indeed. But there are different aspects or different places uh, through times of and through that's built through over time with history with God that is built through uh, submission to God. Yes. Um, and that, that comes, that gives access or give permission. Um, and, and many times individuals don't come into access due to lack of submission and, and authority does not come without submission. And so when individuals who are, are, are trying to, are, like I said earlier, 
they they make the mistake of, of, of going into places and jurisdictions of the spirit that they have not been uh, uh, vetted for or mm. by God that has given them to entrust to them to, to deal with the responsibilities that come with it. That deals with the aspects and the pressures that come through it, even with warfare. Um, some things that come as a byproduct, as a result. And so, with that, with finding it, um, is through that place of not only just asking God, but also being aware and knowing the burdens of the Lord concerning where you are called to and what, and what you have been given access to. And many times, many individuals will not only try to take upon the burdens uh, that God has given to other individuals. Um, and it's the same way with intercessors as well, because the intercessors are should be intrinsically prophetic. Yes. Because of the fact of that, that many times people don't realize that that when we're dealing with burdens, we're dealing with weights, we're also dealing with revelational messages. Um, there are some aspects of revelation that other people cannot handle or cannot be entrusted with, um, whether they are blabbermouths, whether they are uh, <laughs> unclean, whether they are, uh, 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 are don't know how to steward things well. And so these are things that, that give uh, access to how you handle them, how you steward them, that, 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 um, that provokes, I, I want to use for lack of a better term, the things of God to, to be, uh, for you to come into new places. We go from glory to glory, we go from faith to faith, and from strength to strength. So, there are, so that shows there are different dimensions, different places that we come into that comes through entrustment and through intimacy. That's good. So starting off with Kayvon, um, could, well, we all know everything that happened with these election prophecies. And so um, a lot of people are, you know, throwing out the term false prophet, false prophet, false prophet, um, because many people said that Donald Trump was going to be elected. He was uh, reelected. He was not. So therefore, many people are throwing around this term of calling people false prophets. Um, but what is actually a false prophet, if you could go deep into that? Does that mean that just because you prophesy something and it doesn't come to pass, that you're automatically a false prophet and you were never a prophet to begin with? There's just this idea that everything you say um, is 100% correct. Everything you say is going to come to pass. And if it doesn't, you are automatically false and you were never a prophet to begin with. Sure. So first of all, um, I will be the first to say, and I think that I can speak for every prophet in existence, that if being off once um, made you, or giving an inaccurate prophecy made you a false prophet, then we would all be considered false prophets. I think we have all, at one point, given a, a bad prophecy, or all at one point given an, an off word. Um, and so I would absolutely say that... Um, no, just because you prophesied something inaccurately um, does not make you a false prophet. Um, specifically to address, I guess, the Trump thing, um, I think that one of the biggest issues there was we had prophets prophesying, like I said earlier, from the place of the soul. Mm. They're either prophesying from their racism, they're prophesying from their bigotry, they're prophesying from what their view of, uh, of, of what God is. Um, or what God wants for America. Mm. Um, they're, they're prophesying out of their, their, and this is going to be something, this is a completely different topic, which I'm not going to get into, but they're prophesying out of their idolatry of the scriptures. Jesus said that you think that you find life in the scriptures, but life is in me. And so oh, wow. they prophesy 
um, you know, that they, they, they were prophesying out of the place from the soul. And even that does not make you an off prophet um, or a false prophet. Rather, a false prophet is somebody who is biblically wicked, who, who, who at the base of their soul, the base of their heart, the root from the bottom of their heart, um, they are a wicked person. Whether it's deceitful, whether it's they're pimping the people, it's not something that I just I struggle to you know to to hear the voice of God or I, I I gave an off word. It's my soul is wicked and my soul does not regard God. My soul has been given over to demonic influence, and so um, yeah, false prophets. You know, it's something that I think gets thrown around way too much in some circles, and I think it, it's. On the other hand, it's something that's not thrown around enough in other circles or in other streams. Um, and so, yeah, to really sum up the um, to sum up the answer, no, I don't think that just because somebody gave an off word or somebody, you know, was they just because they missed it um, that that makes them a false prophet. A false prophet is somebody who is inherently wicked, who who is deliberately evil, and does and has no regard for God. I think. Um, I think it's Apostle Eckhart who says it best. He says, you know, I've heard more bad singing than I've heard bad prophecy. I've heard more bad preaching or, or off preaching than wow. I've heard um, bad prophecy. Uh, but, you know, we don't, call, we don't call people false worshipers or um, a, a false pastor just because, you know, they gave a bad word or because they gave a bad, um, a bad sermon or because they sung a song badly. And so I think that um, grace absolutely needs to be shown the prophet and when i say grace i don't mean that we just we're going to let it go we're just going to sweep it under the rug that you got it off or that you you know that you missed it i think that there's absolutely steps that need to be taken um to make sure that it doesn't happen again um but no i don't think that an off prophecy makes you a false prophet what i do think that the solution though um is that you really need to get rooted in the scriptures i think that I think this is a two a two part thing. I think that it's easy to become um, to become hijacked um, by other influences when you are a Bible. I, I have a problem with Bibleist prophets. Mm. I think that it's easy to be hijacked um, by you know by 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 the demonic if you're not anchored and if you're not rooted in the Word of God. And so I think that this um, you know Bibleist prophets. Um, to me, I would say are closer to false prophets than I would say Bibleist prophets who, who who are accurate in the word of the Lord are more false, in my opinion, than prophets who read their Bible but struggle when it comes to hitting the mark in terms of prophetic accuracy. And so I think that the measure that needs to be taken is we need to evaluate what is your depth in the word of God. Mm. Um, and that is the... Um, and, and I would use that to, to gauge um, whether somebody is a false prophet or not. Prophet Ricky, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Is the oh? Did you want to add on, or are you, is that is you good with that? No, I'm good. No, I'm good with that. Okay. Well then, um, I wanted to ask and uh. I think I told y'all I was going to ask y'all this, but you both are called to walk in the prophet's office. And so um, at your own discretion, um, I would uh, I'm curious to know about, um, you know, any of your encounters um, that you may have had that may have affirmed that this is what you were called to do. Um, if any of you are willing to share. 
Kayvon? Sure. So, um, my, um, encounters or my, um, what really called me, um, into the, in, into this was, um, actually there's, there's been several. Um, one of them, though, um, is the Lord himself. Um, Jesus himself came to me and told me, um, but in, in other ones, uh, and this one, these ones were more frequent, um, where the Lord would, where I would be caught up into places in heaven, I would be caught up into regions and in the other world or in heaven, um, and, and messengers from God would come and they would tell me, um, you know, who I was, they would tell me what office I was in, um, and they would, they wouldn't just, you know, say, you know, oh, you're a prophet, you're called to do this. Um, but what really would happen is that they would introduce me. This goes back to what I was talking about earlier as far as dimensions, is that they would introduce me um, into into places in the glory of God, and they would introduce me um, into places concerning the power of God and which I was called to function in and which I was called to operate and to exist in. And so, um, I mean, I could, I could tell several stories, but I think the more profitable thing um, when it comes to all all the stories concerning encounter, um, or me being encountered to be called into this office or to be called into this ministry, is that for every encounter, it's not just going to be a message or it's not just going to be 
um, you, you being told who you are. But for every encounter, the purpose of an encounter is one to stain you. And so I think that we have a lot of people running around talking about that they've been encountered, but there's nothing from the invisible world that stays with them. There's nothing from the mm. glory of God, and there's nothing out of heaven that has stayed and stuck to them. Paul said this, that I bear in my body the marks of the dying of the Lord Jesus. And so one of the things that an encounter will do is an encounter comes to kill a part of you or to kill or crucify a place in you that is um, that would be detrimental to where God is calling you into or would be detrimental into the new place that the Lord is introducing you into. And so um, I think that it's profitable to talk about the the, the fruit of an encounter mm. um, is that it's going to leave you um, it's going to leave you stained and it's going to leave you scarred but it's also going to bring you into the revelation um, not just of who you're called to be but it's going to bring you into the revelation of how your culture exists and what God um, and what God is calling you to do it's going to it's going to introduce you into aspects of power and it's going to introduce you into aspects of revelation that are necessary for you to be sustained um, in the ministry that God calls you into. And so I think that, um, like I said, uh, I think that any time that the Lord releases an encounter or the Lord calls somebody into an encounter, um, you know, we see it all throughout the scriptures. We see it with the prophet um, Ezekiel. We see, it with, uh, we see it with Jeremiah. We see it with the prophet Isaiah where the Lord called him up and stained him with the coal. And he, he didn't just say, you know, that you're going to be a prophet to the you know, you're going to be a prophet to this, 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 and that. Um, but it, it introduced him to his metron, to his sphere. It introduced him to his following. Um, but it also produced something in him that um, that gave him the longevity and that gave him the stamina to last um, in the mandate that the Lord gave them. Wow. That's powerful. Um, so that's the end of my questions. Um, I know this is on a serious note a little bit, but... I do think that it is very important that we as the body of Christ are uh, educated on the gifts of the fivefold. Um, but I will say that I enjoyed the company of these two powerful prophets. Um, I met them personally. I will say Ricky has the straightest hairline as a prophet I know. And Kayvon's voice is um, very convicting. It's to the point where he doesn't even have to say anything, but like he just whispers or speaks um, and doesn't even use full sentences. And I feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So hallelujah to that. Um, is there anything that you guys would like to say um, in regards to if people wanted to follow you or get plugged into your ministries, where could they find that at? Go ahead, Kayvon. You can go first if you want to, or... The humility. Wow. I don't want to. I want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, thank you again, Jesse, for um, having me to be a part of this Christ Combo podcast. Because uh, they're an honor, man, and I've enjoyed it uh, thus far. From what you know, from the conversation to the question, all of that good stuff. Um, for those of you that are in the room um, that want to know more about uh, what the Lord is doing with us, um, you can follow me on IG or Instagram. You can click on my picture, and uh, you can see at the bottom where it takes you to my IG page. Also, I have just announced a couple days ago uh, the opening and the start of my first online school. It's called School of Prayer Prayology Semester 1. Um, it is a segue from two manuals that I have written on the subject of prayer. Um, and I'll be done with, uh, with dealing with book one. And this will be an eight-week course uh, starting February 23rd uh, to April 
to sopprayology.eventbrite.com to register. Uh, registration is open until the first day. And so um, individuals have already started to register for this event. Um, I'll be delving into uh, aspects and different conversations concerning about orphanhood versus sonship, uh, how to not delve into witchcraft while praying, uh, the different laws and aspects of faith, how to discern the times and seasons, um, and many different more subjects that deals with prayer. Um, and so the, the link for that is in my uh, bio on here as well. Um, again, you can go to sopprayology.eventbrite.com to register for that. And uh, yeah. Hey, man. I am Prophet Kayvon Brooks. You can follow me on here on Facebook or on Instagram. Um, I am the author of a book. It's called Back to Up, Establishing an Ascension Culture. It's on Amazon and on um, Amazon Kindle, I believe. Um, basically going into revelations concerning the glory of God and revelations concerning um, the heavens and uh, 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 applying it from an apostolic and prophetic perspective um, of, of bringing that down and of manifesting it into the earth, um, a very revelational or revelatory um, thing. I am working on another book, actually, um, which will be out um, in the near future concerning um, the kingdom of darkness and the ministry of deliverance and um, revelations of hell. And so, um, yes, that, that is where you can that is where you can follow me and what we have going on here. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, I appreciate each and every one of y'all who are listening. Um, and so if this blessed you, please leave a review on the Christ Convo podcast. Get plugged into these powerful prophets of the Lord. And I will see you on the next episode. Be blessed. What is going on, beautiful people? I appreciate the listening and the support to the Christ Convo podcast. If you received any form of insight on this last episode, leave a review on Spotify, on Apple Music, whichever source you listen to this podcast. I will be back for a new episode. Stay tuned. Be blessed.